Hello everybody, it's uh, Saturday 20 to 3. Um, I did record something yesterday and then completely forgot to save the recording so that was lost. Uh, so the wedding was amazing, what a day we had. Um, I went over um, to spend the night with Samantha and um, Shelley and one of the other bridesmaids uh, we all stayed at Sam's Charlotte was a bridesmaid as well but obviously she's just had a baby so she came over for a couple of hours and then she came back first thing in the morning and I have to say considering she had a cesarean section um, just two weeks ago she looked absolutely amazing um, on the wedding day as did they all my beautiful daughters um, we had so the morning I thought was going to be absolutely chaotic with the kids and everything, but they were as good as gold. They was, I mean, I think, I think it was a case of there was, you know, somebody there doing makeup, somebody there doing hairs, lots of things for them to watch and be interested in. And, um, and then they were collected by their other grandparents at 10 o'clock. So literally they just started getting a little bit um, um, excitable, shall we say. Uh, and then it was time for them to get their pretty clothes on and, and George's smart outfit on and um, and their other grandparents picked them up. So that wasn't too bad. And they looked absolutely adorable. And um, Florence and Josh were also um, a bridesmaid and page boy too. So um, in matching outfits, uh, everybody looked amazing. Um, Samantha looked stunning. Um, and uh, yeah, we had we went off to the to the venue which was um absolutely gorgeous it's the the i think i don't know if i said it before there's a feathered nest in in nether westcote and it's um a country inn a beautiful beautiful decor it's not a 16th century malt house it was obviously been added on to here and there but um the facilities are just amazing and uh the food was outstanding i have to say uh, absolutely outstanding as was the service um uh and uh the day before we'd taken my flowers over and they'd put all the flowers out in the right place and everything and then in the evening um they had a well yeah, i'll get to that but in the evening they had um a, a live band so um they moved all the tables but they they did a wood-fired pizza oven in the evening and they moved all the flowers then to decorate that table and then in the morning when we came down for breakfast because I stayed overnight with the, with the kids in the room um, and they'd moved all the flowers and decorated all the breakfast room with them as well because we had exclusive use of the place so which was absolutely wonderful I mean it's you know it's, that's, that's going above and beyond I think um, but uh, amazing the day itself, that went with, um, I won't say it went without hiccup because it didn't, but we got there, um, it was a little bit late, but not much, 10 minutes possibly, uh, cracked on with the service, the kids walked in ahead, um, George was really reluctant, so he walked in with Samantha and John, and then he wouldn't let go of Samantha the whole time, so basically George was at the front with um, Sam and Luke getting married. <laughs> Which was lovely, though. He was—he just wanted to hold her hand and swing her backwards and forwards. Um, that was fabulous. Uh, just as about Samantha was about to say her bit, John's phone went off after the registrar had asked everybody to turn their phone on to silent. <laughs> so it was quite funny. And everybody said, oh, that's hilarious. So all of a sudden there's a ringtone and then unknown caller. Uh, but, um, and Samantha turned around and she went, Dad! <laughs> And everybody laughed and it really broke the ice. It was really, it was uh, fabulous. And we had um, canapes and uh, champagne on the lawn and all the uh, photographs taken with absolutely stunning um, scenery behind. You can see right across the valley, a beautiful scenery. Um, and then uh, we all sat down to eat this wonderful, wonderful meal. And uh, we were sat outside, largely under a big canopy, but we were sat outside. And then the heavens opened. I mean, they absolutely opened. You couldn't, <laughs> you couldn't predict that. Well, in fact, the weather people didn't. It wasn't forecast. Um, but the heavens opened, and it rained and rained for about an hour. Uh, but it didn't. It didn't dampen our spirits. And there was only a few, a few tables, a couple of tables that had to be moved in under the cover. Um, and eventually, the rain moved on. Um, and though it was a bit soggy, it didn't. It, you know, it didn't really put a damper on anything. Um, 
so we carried on um, dancing into late into the evening, and then uh, the twins went to bed about half past six, and then but Mia and Josh and Flo they all stayed up till midnight, <laughs> having an absolute whale of a time dancing, and uh, it was absolutely brilliant. What a lovely day! It was fantastic. Um, yeah, as I said, I stayed overnight then with the twins and Mia in one room and Samantha and Luke had um, a little cottage that is attached to the property uh, and they stayed in there and then we all got up and John came back over for breakfast because of course he had to go home to let the dogs out. He'd already been home once at four o'clock. Oh, not four o'clock. Well, it was after the speeches and everything, after the dinner and speeches, he shot off to come and let the dogs out and feed the chickens and then try and shut all the chickens up. Um, and then he came back and then he left again about 11 o'clock that evening. Um, so, and then he came back in the morning <laughs> for his, for breakfast with, uh, and Luke's mum and dad came back and, uh, yeah, so that was nice. We all had breakfast, um, there. So it was lovely. Then I came back home and, uh, of course it was all, um, unpacking everything and sorting everything out, et cetera, et cetera. But actually I was absolutely exhausted. So, for quite a lot of the time in the afternoon I just I just sat and did all the sort of like catching up on emails and um social media bits and pieces and stuff like that because I was I think I did even have an afternoon nap because I was totally exhausted so um and then in the evening I well later on in the afternoon I went out and I picked all the tomatoes that we'd got ripening cucumbers courgettes peppers um and uh got those all picked ready to go out into the egg shed this morning plus um lots of flowers for jam jar flowers because um and the flowers that i use for that sort of thing are they usually the stems are too short for um you know bouquets uh they're all right if somebody asks for a posy but they're too short for bouquets and so and also sometimes you might do a bit of strategic pruning just to get some growth going somewhere else and so that's the kind of thing that goes into the jam jar flowers which is why you can sort of do I mean I do jam jar flowers at five pound well I, you know the flat the jam jars are nearly always given to me by people and um, the flowers are you know they they would they're not going into the compost because they're going into jam jars so I just charge five pound for those and that that's fine um yeah so and then this morning i was up this morning get the eggs done put those out get all the produce bagged up weighed up put that out get the jam jars done put that out and uh and then i really cracked on in the garden then which is what i've been doing most of the day now until now which i've decided i'll have a sit down and uh talk to my podcasters um so so yeah i've been uh busy i, I was going to count the amount of empty pots you know um, plant pots because i've planted up uh, probably about 30 odd uh, plants now because we had the rain and in that bed uh, the shrubbery bed that's quite the ground's quite hard and where I'd mulched it before it's so, the ground has softened nicely enough to get a small you know I can't dig down too deep but I can get um, some plants in there so I've been planting foxgloves up um, I planted up some fennel, um, some oregano. I'm just going to mix all that border right up just to basically what I want to try and do is cover as much of the ground as possible going through to next year in case we have um, that terrible <laughs> hot, dry weather again. Uh, so the best thing to try and do is cover as much of the ground as possible with uh, foliage and, um, and then mulch and then hopefully that will see it through any tough times we have going forwards but yeah that was about probably about mm, trying to think about, about 15 foxgloves I've put in there and then I've just um, put uh, dug in a couple of shrubs that I had small shrubs with fuchsia um trying to think what else now or oh, the the goldenrod I've put over there too um and some achelia some more achelia to grow up nicely next year um and a, a hookah because uh, that likes the shade. Uh, so basically, I've got bits of it that are in the shade, which is where the foxgloves and everything have gone. And they'll grow in there along with, they grow with um, the Love in the Mist, which I've just scattered the seed again, because that self-sows nicely enough. And um, the uh, the hellebores are all under there as well. Um, I have had a notification, advanced notification of um, some bulbs arriving, so all the ranunculars are going to be arriving soon 
Um, plus I've also ordered some snake's head fritillary uh, bulbs to go in under the trees there with the foxgloves, the love in the mist and the hellebores. And um, a lot of those I want for um, bouquets and that. So, but it, it's, you know, it's a pretty good mixed border, really. Um, just try and cover it all and, and yeah and I'm going to make mistakes I'm going to plant stuff and think oh no I shouldn't plant that there because that's exactly what's happened on my front beds and I'm looking at nothing and yet that needs to move that needs to move and that needs to move um but that's you know that's gardening really you just uh do move things about you know find that I don't know I planted some things that are too, you know, low and I'm like what on earth do I plant those there for because they're completely swamped by other things so that type of thing has got to come out really and then I've also just collected up 20 little rudbeckia rootlings I'd call them they send off roots send off um, runners and then the roots come from those and then the leaves sprout up so I've just dug up about 20 of those to pot up and oh and that was what else I did I so I sell quite a few plants of things that I dig up and pot up and grow on and things um but all, since we had well just before we had all that hot weather i brought it all in um to where i could keep it watered and you know under a bit more shade i had shade netting all over it because um out the front there is very um totally out in the sun and so um haven't had any plants out there all summer long really and i normally do pretty well with plants and i you know i'd sell them for a few quid a couple of quid you know like the, i've got some mint out there and it's quite big and it, but it's 50p you know mint grows like mint does and so it's 50p most of my plant pots i get are um what people give me so it's just a case of a bit of compost usually and then the rooting of a of a piece of mint so it doesn't cost me anything and you know it just um 50p for mint is you know fine um some of the other plants i've got like um so i've got uh asters and um they're sort of like three pound fifty and so a lot less than you would pay in the garden centers but you know making a making a a few pennies here and there um soon adds up so that's good i just had a an inquiry come in for um six jam jars next weekend so that that's good i've the the dried flowers that i did for samantha's wedding um the bridesmaids took their bouquets home samantha had hers my mum had one luke's mum had one um and the others i'm just going to sell uh, um sell on and so i've put the big um arrangement up for sale too so um hopefully i'll sell that if not i will just deconstruct it and uh, use the dried flowers and sell those um as you know as bunches of dried flowers yeah so yeah i'm pretty tired today already but i needed to get all that done because we are due some rain and so i thought if i plant them in now they'll at least get some a good watering hopefully um that's the plan anyway i have got stacks and stacks to do but um you know there's only so much you can do before you're absolutely shattered or you've run out of hours <laughs> so um at the minute i am uh, having a little rest and talking to you but I better crack on a bit because uh, like old John's busy at the minute. So he, so all the IBC tanks came, and we had a bit of a uh, oh, what do you call it a site meeting this morning, <laughs> if you could call it that, as to how these were going to go because they are not going to fit how we thought they would. That we thought that we'd be able to stack to, but that actually they come above the line of the roof, and so that's no good because they're not going to fill with water. So um, he's now decided. Uh, well we had a little bit of a conflab and he's now decided how it's going to go we've got to upgrade the gutter on the back of there because um it's guttering that my dad put on and it, I, I don't even know what it is or where he got it from but it's like square um, metal i don't even know where it would have come from it's not actual guttering but it acts as guttering but it's got like holes in it all the way along and um so we're going to upgrade the guttering but we can't put domestic guttering on it because that's too small because a lot of the water comes off of an awful lot of water comes off of the roof and so we need a guttering that's going to take it um, sufficiently oh sunday morning 20 past nine um overcast hopefully gonna get some rain today just to get some yesterday that didn't arrive um i've been out this morning busy 
um, planting up more. <laughs> I thought I'd done them all, but um, chrysanthemums. Now, these are chrysanthemums that will... Uh, so they've been um, planted up in old recycling boxes and any big sort of tubs I can find, really, because these will all move into the polytunnel um, once the weather turns and the frosts start to come because these will continue to flower right through to Christmas um, and beyond, hopefully. So that's taking me through the flower year. That's what I'm banking on anyway. So that's um, that's hopefully what's going to happen. So uh, I, I thought I'd plant them all up and then I found some more that were growing. So um, that's what I've been doing this morning. And... Uh, watering in the polytunnel hope and like i said i'm hoping we're going to get some rain today feels like we will um but you never know uh yeah so um later on this morning i've got someone coming to pick up some dried flowers that they bought and then later on this morning i have got to or no this afternoon i've got to go over to sam's to relieve shelly um from her uh, babysitting duties while um, Sam and Luke have gone away for a few days on a mini honeymoon and then I will be there until Monday evening when Luke's parents come and take over so uh, we're, we're kind of doing shifts really. Um, I'm aware I've got an awful lot to do but I know that after um, tomorrow, uh, today and tomorrow, I will have lots of time hopefully to get and do it because a lot of it will be um indoor work i had an absolute ton of bulbs arrive um yesterday and i think i've got some more due i've got bulbs that i uh, dug up and i've got to um put them somewhere as well the t- all the tulip bulbs i took up they won't be any good for um tu- you know selling the tulips this year but they will go in the garden and maybe produce a smaller tulip so i've got so it's, it's bulb work so a lot of people think that um this sort of this time of year is the end of the year and actually it's just it's the beginning of an of the next year because uh this is when you start planting up uh, your bulbs and you start um sowing some seeds ready uh to go through the winter to make strong plants for the spring we've already sown biannuals ready for next year so actually there is no end to the year in in anything you know and equally with your veg and that your fruit and your veg that all needs um you know a a good feed at the end of the year if you've got like permanent things like your apple trees and your pear trees they will all have like a well-rotted um compost or manure put at the base of those once the um i'm stood looking at the rhubarb and the asparagus bed once that's all died back or they're it's still going strong at the minute not not the rhubarb and asparagus but all the marigolds and that that are growing in it um that will all get a good layer of uh well rotted manure on top of that as well so it doesn't it doesn't finish and you know you can carry on you can be um planting up brassicas uh, that will take you over winter winter salad veg like the the choy the pak choy um, those kind of things I have done that in the past but I tend to find that I forget they're there and then you know and to be honest we don't eat a lot of salad in the winter so um, there's not a lot of point in me doing that really uh, um, so yeah it's uh, there's you know the, to be honest it doesn't end it's it's just a, a circle of a year um that you move through that to be fair that's what it is there's no end to the you don't you don't put everything to bed (laughs) as they say because uh it's continuous obviously in the deepest depths of the winter when the ground is frozen and you know everything like that you there's not uh not anything to do is is a lull in the year because because you are generally when you've got that lull planning or you know planning for the next uh, season ahead so uh, in whatever you're doing so there's no um yeah there's no there's no end to the years just a continuous cycle just like life um yeah so that's what i'm at today i'm trying to just get scout around and get a few things done i've i've been planting up some seeds of things my theory is um anything that's dropping seeds now potentially you could put in a seed bed and they should grow that's because uh, i think well nature perhaps wouldn't do that if they it wasn't you know they might go dormant for a while and take a while to germinate i don't know maybe i'm wrong on that i don't know i have to think that one through a lot 
a lot more i think but something anyway I, the things that i've got seeds from i thought well i'll give it a go and see what happens because you never know i might get you know good strong plants before the beginning of next year which will set me uh put me ahead of myself just for a change it's 6 30 and i'm over at sam's uh twins have just gone to bed and mia's in the bath getting ready for school tomorrow um and i'm just stood uh, at their window having a look out across the valley um they live in a most beautiful they i mean they spent a lot of time in hard graft renovating beautiful cottage and uh, but their view is to die for to be fair it goes out across the valley and at the bottom of the valley there's a river um but what's striking me <laughs> is i'm looking out across it and thinking all those fields are green ours are completely dead obviously they've got the river nearby so and i guess the water runs down through but um the sheep are out in the field and it's um it's all nice green grass out there ours are just dry dead um paddocks uh, yeah that's the difference with where you live as well so if you're thinking about um you know buying a place take a look at it and uh really look at the lie of the land and um and try and gather as much information as you can because uh if we had those fields, I wouldn't be worrying at all. In fact, actually, I would definitely say it's a bit of a double-edged sword, but if you've got somewhere with water uh, running nearby, that's a, a good thing, unless unless you're on a floodplain. I mean, this does flood. When it rains heavily, this out, this wall will flood out here. So I guess that's why it's green now, but um, yeah, that's the difference. <laughs> Well, good morning. It's Tuesday, the 6th of September, and um, it's a damp morning uh, because we have had nothing but storms and rain. I mean, heavy rain, um, which is fabulous, finally. I mean, I was thinking, sat there thinking, God, it's a bit scary to hear the rain because we actually haven't heard rain like that for a very long time. Um, we had the most terrific thunderstorms and lightning i mean i guess we're we're kind of uh I, it moved across the country so i guess a lot of people had the same thing um uh, i mean uh, in the morning or oh, somebody shelly somebody said to me oh no john it was when he rang in the morning to see how i was he said did you hear the thunder last night and i said no i didn't it was about midnight i think apparently when i was staying at sam he said, oh, my God, it actually shook the ground. It was such a loud crack of thunder. Uh, I didn't hear a thing. I was probably absolutely shattered. I did not hear anything um, at all. But I could see in the morning when we got up and I looked out across the valley again and the same view and it was heavy mist all the way. You know, you couldn't see anything to start with. It's heavy mist. Uh, and, and we'd obviously had a good bout of rain. <clears throat> but, um, yeah, no, I didn't hear anything. I was absolutely, you know... Uh, out for the count and uh went, slept completely through that one um in the next day obviously i was still at sam's looking after the twins that shelly came over for a little bit um after lunch uh, just to break up the day for me and the kids and uh there was a little, there was um, some steady drizzle for a couple of hours in the afternoon i'd say and then um in the evening uh came home popped in to see charlotte on the way home because <clears throat> she's off for a couple of days um uh break uh, down on the coast so i thought i wanted to get to see her because i i feel like i haven't actually seen her very much because of everything that's going on so i popped in to see her before they go away today came home and um i did did nothing really i got some dinner on that was it uh and then we were sat watching TV in the evening and the lightning and the thundering and the rain started again. And this time I was, you know, obviously awake and we had a massive crack of thunder. I mean, it was loud, really loud. And the lightning was all around and there are, uh, you know, hundreds of lightning pictures on the on social media this morning. 
and it rained heavily, you know, it just absolutely hammered down. Um, and this morning I get up and I'm looking across the paddocks now and there's a tinge of green on my paddocks finally. And, um, yeah, everything looks like it's refreshed. Everything's like, oh, thank goodness it's rained, you know, and it's what I would call definitely substantial amount of rain that we've had. That would have completely filled up our, you know, 20 odd thousand litres of tanks, um, so we've got a lot of water now again, so that's great. Uh, but it probably, you know, this time of the year is when it just keeps raining. So we'll probably always have water, but the ducks are happy. The ducks, I can tell the ducks are happy. They laid bigger eggs this morning. Um, so they are very happy that uh, we've had some rain. Um, I'm, I'm going to try and focus now. Uh, so I should have a, a quiet few days. I mean, Sam and Luke are still away. Uh Luke's parents are looking after the children. Charlotte's gone away. Uh, Shelley's, the children have gone back to school today. Um, and Shelley will be catching up on work that she's missed over the summer holidays. So she obviously works for herself from home. Um, so she'll be catching up. So I will have quite a quiet few days where I can um, regroup and refocus. And uh, I've started making a list of, you know, all the things I've got to do. And of course, um, one of the things at the minute is is there is still planting that can be done or seed sowing. So I've got autumn seed sowing to do. But on the uh, on the vegetable front, there's still, <clears throat> if you're thinking about it, there's still things that you can sow that are going to grow. Because if we get some uh, sort of mild settled weather and, and some good rain, you're going to get several weeks more of growing still. So the things that will... Um, Obviously, things like bul- uh, bulbs, I'm going to be putting in flower bulbs. So that means your garlic and your onions can go in for a winter, um, you know, uh, autumn sow of those. But um, things that grow pretty quickly as well, like salad and rocket and radishes. And But you can also sow um, carrots and turnips. You get the, um, I think I've said this before, if you get the early variety, um, is, it, is, it, is that what they call it, early 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 yeah I think it's the early varieties does it doesn't mean that they necessarily can be sown early in the year what it means is they're fast growing they're usually fast growing so if you find the early varieties of anything so you can say um you know carrots and turnips and obviously spring onions will grow um pretty quickly spinach uh kale plants if you can I mean I've probably you might you might get time to grow them from seed but if you can find kale plants and spinach plants and Peas, <clears throat> peas and potatoes, obviously, um, you know, very often people will sow a, um, plants and potatoes now to get a crop for Christmas. So there is stuff that you can, um, you know, if you've missed the boat or if you're wanting to get a second flush of veg and that, there is still plenty that you can be putting in and it will, you know, you will get something from them. And obviously, if you've got something undercover as well, then uh, that's even better. Um yeah, or green manures, obviously, you can sow green manures into your um, into your soil, into your beds that are now finished. Um, and then when they, I think it's, I never know, I think, well, it's when they flower, you then dig them in because you don't want to let them go to seed because I've done that before and then you just end up with that <laughs> growing everywhere. Um, but things like red clover, you can... So as a green manure and then dig it in when it's flowered and um, it will give some added nutrients to your soil, especially red clover. I think red clover is a um, fabulous, uh, a fabulous addition to the soil. We have um, patches of red clover growing in our paddocks, which uh, indicates uh, something. It indicates something good, but I'm not sure what, but it's a, it's a good indicator to plant that. Um, yeah, so consequently, uh, we've got we've had these all these storms. John's um, ordered the gutter that we need. It's going to be quite expensive, but as he said, you're going to do it. You might as well do it properly. Um, but it's like another, you know, everything, everything you buy at the minute is like doubled in price to what it was a year ago. It's it's insane. Um, but he's also been <clears throat> out cleaning. The other gutters that need clearing out and uh, things, although we haven't technically had autumn leaf fall yet, so he's probably going to have to do it again. But he has he has cleaned them all out once so that we can get these IBC tanks and um, all of our tanks uh, operating to the maximum ability, um, maximum capacity 
that, that they can. Um, the IBC tanks, I've had to order some... Um, so, obviously, John's a plumber, so he's going to join them all together with his know-how. And I've had to order some new um, screw caps for them with a three-quarter inch thread hole inside. I don't even know what they're called, but... Yeah. So he so he's worked out how he's going to do that. He's going to join them all together. Um, he's I've left him to do that. He's worked them out. I just have to order the bits. That's fine. Um, and we're going to join all those together singly. Probably they will because they they. Uh, I think he's worked out a way where he can stack towards. The the thing is, our roof is. I was just trying to work out how big our roof is. So we live in a, a flat in a, a one story building. It's approximately and I would say approximately 36 feet wide, but it's, um, let me think, 10, 20, 30, 40, 40, about 48 foot long. So you can see, and that's one roof, one flat sloping roof with um, agricultural profile uh, on the top. So um, with a quite a, a long, low uh, slope. <clears throat> And when it reaches the back, it's quite low. It's not much. Uh, it's probably about, uh, I'm five foot two. It's probably only a few inches above me. So it's probably, well, by the time it gets to the back, so it's not very high. Um, so, yeah, so we're going to, so he's got to work out a way. But, that, but part of the roof has a secondary gutter uh, part, <laughs> if you see what I mean, halfway through. Because at one time it broke off the it didn't break off at one time the roof was in two sections um so you had one section and then a drop and then the next section but we um joined it all together because the water was just pouring in all the time so we joined it together however one part of our roof does jut out a little bit at the end and then returns in so there he's going to stack the two too high and put extra guttering which we don't have at the minute we don't have a bit of guttering so that's an extra bit of water that we can collect so that's what he's been doing um the weekend while I've been away, clearing out gutters and uh, and uh, working out how he's going to do everything, clearing the ground so that these tanks can go in, etc., etc. So we will be able to um, collect a lot more water, and that will all be pumped over to the garden uh, when we need it. So that's you say, it's unfortunate that it's just a little, it's a stretch away, but it's not too bad. He's, I think he's just going to dig in a, um, an un- underground pipe to dig it to pump it over there, but. Uh, We'll get to that when we do. Um, So what else have I got to do? Um, I've got housework to do. I've got plenty of housework to do. I've also got um, autumn seed sowing, which I want to crack on and do with. I need to sort out my office so that I can get in there because I do have to do paperwork. The books that should have gone in in April still haven't gone in, so I need to get those all sorted out. Um, I need to sort out all my dried flowers and start storing them or start... um, putting them out for sale, you know, putting them out on social media and that for sale. Um, I need to, there's going to be plenty of weeding after the rain. Uh, There's going to be clearing to do of things that have now finished. As I said, I've got bulb planting, plenty of that to do in the coming weeks. I've got uh, plants to divide, perennials, uh, herbaceous perennials that I can, that do need um, dividing. The Rebecca here have gone mad. I have been actually digging up little plantlets of those, so... Uh, I've got those in a jam jar on the windowsill at the minute and um, I need to sort those out today really because they've got little roots on them but the water's filthy in there. I just pulled them up quickly before we went to um, before I went to Sam so I just shoved them in some water in a jam jar but I do need to get those in some soil get them going. They're all the type of thing that will um, go out for sale next year you know it doesn't cost me anything to dig those up and pop them up and bring them on and put them out for sale for a couple of quid and uh you know, it all helps. Um, yeah, I've got, as I said, I've got plants that I need to move. Um, so I've got an awful lot to do, but, um, hopefully, you know, it's the beginning of September. I've got a good run. I've, we've got a couple of, uh, I've got a trip that we need to book in a day trip that we need to book in that Sam and Luke bought us for, uh, uh, to say thank you for everything we did at the wedding. Um, and we've also got a weekend away that um, we need to book in as well that Samantha bought us for Christmas last year. It's literally just down the road, so um, it's not far away, but um, it's a lovely hotel that they stayed at not long ago, well, the previous year. Um, so I need to book that in. But 
apart from that, I think uh, we're, you know, we're pretty free, you know, and then comes obviously Christmas and all that malarkey as well. But I, I try not to think about Christmas yet. Um, I do need to start thinking about the um, uh, Christmas wreath evenings that I want to do. Um, so I need to gather my thoughts on that and uh, just walk around and see if I'm going to have enough greenery to pick and if I don't where am I going to get it from um etc etc and work out the logistics of how that's going to work and I do need to make some um wreath bases out of uh either hazel or willow um but that's not quite ready to do yet because I need to wait for leaves to drop on those but um yeah so I've got a lot a lot uh in my mind that's got to be done um so but I'm thankful. I'm so relieved that it's rained uh, a good a good amount. You know, the trees will be thankful. I mean, the trees were looking really dire. Um, so they will all be grateful of a good drink. You know, I can't imagine how they feel after that very prolonged, hot, dry spell without um, any decent uh, any decent water. Oh, yes. Yeah, so hopefully... Um, I, I won't say things are on the up because something always comes along and turns it right back down again. But um, at the minute, today, as it stands, everything is looking great. Um, and moving forward, uh, I have time, space to get on and all the facilities that I need. So, yeah, and so I'm going to crack on a little bit today. There's a couple more, uh, just a couple more topics I forgot to mention that I really wanted to talk about. One is our oak tree this year is um, having a mast year. Now, I don't know if all oak trees uh, do it in the same year. Um, I guess you'd have to look that up and see. But um, I kind of, we went to that nursery with a walled garden and John said, gosh, look at all these acorns on the ground. Um and I looked up at the tree and it was absolutely covered in acorns. And so I came home and looked at ours and we've got acorns. Now, we, obviously, we don't have them every year, but we do have acorns. There aren't masses of them, but there, uh, there is um, a good amount of them on our tree, <clears throat> which uh, I think uh, one of the years it happily, luckily coincided with when we had pigs. And so um, I used to gather them all up for the pigs. But, um, yeah, we've got, it's a mast year for our, we've just got one oak tree one single oak tree but um it's it's producing acorns which i've been um picking up off the ground because uh they will make um great you know wired they will make really nice additions to the christmas wreaths and things or even autumn wreaths um <clears throat> mast years are uh part of the evolutionary process as far as i can gather um takes the a tree a lot of energy it takes a lot of energy from the tree to produce um, those I, I saw um, some beech nuts as well and they were huge I could not believe the size of the beech nuts not on our trees I, I can't even remember where we were now but they were mad I said John I've never seen beech nuts that big before um, but they they are apparently part of the evolutionary process and um, what happens is is apparently I they they control the animal population uh, with with their masting you know because um, so when there's not a lot um when the population needs it sounds like extreme but i guess it's true when the, the population needs to be culled a little bit the trees don't produce uh their their fruits if you like and um when the uh when the population needs to be boosted a little bit they produce a lot so that there's plenty to eat so that the animals can reproduce um animals like you know badgers and squirrels and mice and all that kind of thing so um so there's plenty to go around so that they can uh then produce a good healthy population um i don't know it sounds like a great thing I, I must be true i i imagine it is um i guess pop over to the woodland trust and have a look and see what they say um on that subject but yeah we've definitely got a mast year on our for our uh, oak tree this year which is great so i'm collecting acorns um it's a fascinating subject actually trees are uh, uh really are fascinating things when you <clears throat> you know i've looked at um a lot of, quite a few sorry i've got a real frog in my throat this morning um 
the way they connect to each other, the way they, you know, they move and they do things. Uh, trees are fascinating, fascinating things and definitely one of the most important things on our planet, I think, personally, uh, along with the bees. Um, and then I've t- entirely forgotten what the other subject was. Oh, no, I haven't. <laughs> so, and the other is obviously man-made. Um, so, uh, again, the uh, energy crisis... Um, is currently you know massively up there in the headlines and everything and uh watching um the news because i came home and i thought i said john i need to catch up on the news i haven't seen any of it i don't know what's going on or anything because the kids just watch you know inane stuff kid stuff so i was watching the news and one of the things one of the things i will say is that personally in my personal opinion the government never really give, well, it's probably obvious really, they never give you the full information, the full facts, the full um, outline. It's a bit like being a parent and, you know, when a child is worried uh, and the parent says, it's going to be fine, it's going to be fine. That's the way I think the government works. It's going to be fine, it's going to be fine. Don't worry, it's going to be fine. Um, but, how, but I watched a, a news clip on with a chap um, from the energy sector and uh, he is uh, saying that um, in, in Europe, uh, they are preparing for blackouts uh, due to the energy crisis. And, you know, and the interviewer said, is that something we should be prepared for here? And he, he basically said, yes, we should. So, and I, so what I'm saying is when you watch news, you need to read between the lines and everything because the government's saying, yeah, it's going to be fine, it's going to be fine. Uh, and the energy sector is saying, it's not going to be fine. We're going to be really stretched to try and, you know, get get the energy in that we need to get to keep everybody's uh, lights on and gas on the whole time. Um, because, <clears throat> we, I mean, we've got, uh, we have a large proportion of the energy we produce here, um, then some of it is imported. The next biggest section is imported from Norway. After that, we need to go onto the worldwide trade table, if you like, and we need to compete to get the rest of the energy that we need. So we're going to be competing with every other country to buy in the amount of energy that we need. So therefore, I think it's prudent to think there could be a problem here and prudent to uh, prepare for that um, in whatever way you can, I think. Uh, uh, we, I, um, a f- couple of years ago, and we've not used it yet, but a couple of years ago, I bought one of those little gas, a portable gas camping stoves um, because we suffer with quite a few um, power cuts here through the winter. At least five uh, a w- in one winter we can have. Um, so when we switched over to purely electric, I said, John, right, I'm going to get one of these little uh, portable gas uh, ring things so that we at least can cook some some beans and hover some toast over it and have some beans on toast. You know, we can cook something. Um, and they come with the little gas canisters. Um, and obviously then there's, you know, there's candles to light your way or battery-powered lights, I think. Obviously, we're going to be cold because we won't have a heating. But I, it may never happen. But um, as I always say, I do like to be prepared in case it does. Because if it does, then I've got what I need uh, to, you know, to, to get a hot drink if you're freezing cold. Um or get some some dinner. I just think that this whole thing is going to be um, a tricky, a tricky, tricky winter ahead. The other thing I um, was reading where a lot of people are now uh, batch cooking while the energy prices are still, I don't even know when they go up, to be fair. I haven't looked. Batch cooking while the energy prices are have not got, before they go up. Uh, I think they might go up in October in the back of my mind somewhere, but I'm not sure. So I think that's pretty prudent as well, to batch cook it, freeze it, thaw it out completely before you need to reheat it. Um, That way you're going to be uh, um, using less energy. I mean, I feel entirely sorry. Just being at Samantha's over the weekend, when you've got children, you know, that's... It's just John and I here. We can muddle through. We can suffer a little bit. It doesn't matter 
um, in the grand scheme of things. But when you've got children, I think it's going to be massively, massively difficult um, for people. I just, yeah, we'll see. I don't know, but I just, in the back of my mind, I think this is not going to be a very nice winter at all to get through. But, um, you know, we we have to do what we can. So, yeah, they're just my musings on that. But uh, I think that um, it it's wise to plan ahead and uh, plan as much as you can. And you can never plan for every eventuality. But um, I do think it is wise to to plan ahead and get in place what you can now um, ready uh, for if and when that comes. It's just gone half past eight on Wednesday morning, Wednesday the uh, 7th of September. Um, I've just sat down for coffee, so I thought I'll just uh, catch you up a bit. Yesterday I um, mostly spent, it was raining most of the day. So <laughs> We've had rain, non-stop rain now for days, uh, but I'm not complaining this time because um, we really need it. Um, so yeah, I spent most of the time indoors, um, cleaning, um, doing some invoices and estimates for John, paying some bills, um, I would say paperwork, but these days it's not paperwork, it's all by email or, you know, um, you know, backs payments and things like that, it's not even paperwork anymore, (laughs) um, but yeah, so I did all that, um, did a bit of uh, reading up on a few things. Um, yeah, and that was mainly what I did because it was a, a damp, wet day. Um, this morning, the sun is shining, but it's still very damp out there, which is fine. Um, and we are due some isolated showers, whatever that means. But it'd be nice, actually, to have a dry day where the plants just, you know, the flower heads and, and things get to dry out a little bit. Uh, that would be useful oh yeah I also chopped up so I had loads of tomatoes and I've got loads more tomatoes to pick (laughs) um so I I chopped them all up and I put them all in the slow cooker with some onions some garlic and some um actually dried oregano because all the oregano is in flour at the minute so uh some dried oregano um left that in the slow cooker for about six hours and today i'm going to uh probably bag that up and put that in the freezer um as a you know i'll use that as a base for i don't know chili um spaghetti bolognese uh tomato soup even um so that's yeah that's what i did with that yesterday um this morning I have been uh, picked a load, picked flowers, cut flowers this morning for my usual regular order. Um, they're looking really nice and cheery in the, the vase. I've been, I went into the small polytone, I've got um, powdery mildew in there. Uh, so I'm not really quite sure. I know you can spray it with milk or some people say Vitax, Vitax I think it is. Um, but um, I think because a lot of it, I'm going to cut a lot of it out. See, I think it's probably down to airflow in there. I have the door open one end, but I can't... The door's not... doesn't open the other end. Uh, there is a door on it, but it's just stuck. Um, so I'm going to cut... I'm going to try and cut a lot of that out and see what happens. Uh, I've got ranunculus corms that I need to start soaking um, to get those... Uh, start getting those planted up. Um, they're going to go into the big polytunnel because they're early flowering. Well, I want them to flower early for early spring. Um, I had a load of bulbs came the other day, which were all, were all like alliums, um, the snake's head fritillary, and they're, they're very specific to what I wanted. So I wanted the alliums because the alliums always look lovely in bouquets and things. Um, I wanted the snake's head fritillary because uh, I want those for sort of like early spring um bouquets and i wanted i want those to go with the um the hellebores i think it made a nice combination and i wanted some um i think they're called i'm not sure called the bride they're narcissi anyway but they're beautiful i've got some in the garden and when i made up um 
small poses last year. Everybody said, oh my gosh, they're beautiful, those. And they smell amazing. So um, I bought a whole load more of those um, bulbs um, because they are quite, they're, they're quite early as well uh, for Narcissi. And um, they're very pretty, uh, very beautiful, delicate little things they are. Um, yeah, uh, I even know I'm <laughs> even know what I'm going to do the rest of the day but I I mean I have got you know a pile of jobs to get on with and it's going to be dry or dry up probably a lot of my time is going to be spent outside today rather than inside although I do want to get um the spare room sorted oh that's what I did yesterday so I ordered um uh, I think it's about nine meters of um, thermal back thermal material, which I'm going to cut into panels and so uh, edge them. And I'm going and I also ordered um, some Velcro, so I'm going to make panels to go on the back of my curtains uh, in the bedrooms and in the living room, detachable panels so that the. Um, so that I can take them off in the summer if needs be. I mean, probably in the bedroom, I'll probably leave those ones on, but in the, in the um, living room, I'll probably take them off. We also, John and I also discussed about all the little jobs that need to do to, to block up, you know, to, to make good all of the drafty areas. Now, we haven't got very many, not as many as we used to have, but we do have one or two where we had a new window put in the spare room and the, the window that we had put in was smaller than the window that was taken out and it was made good on the outside but the inside still yet to be done so um he needs that's on his list um our back door our kitchen door is a stable door which i love i love my stable door but it's wooden and it's just one uh you know it's just it's one thickness it's not double-sided so that lets a lot of draft in, especially as our it, it faces westerly. So a lot of the winds come across there. Um, so we talked about getting a new uh, composite stable door, but they're, they're shockingly expensive. Um, you're looking at starting around sort of £1,200. Now, considering we've already got a very good door there, um, that seems like an awful waste of money. So what we're going to do is we're going to, I don't know if you can imagine, but the stable door uh, on the inside has um, like recesses. So it's, it's, you know, it's got the panelling on the outside and then recesses and framework on the inside. So we're going to fill all of those recesses with um, insulation and then board the back of it, uh, both top and bottom, um, because a lot of draft comes through there where the doors shrunk over the years. Um, you know, there's probably gaps in there, which is something we should have done a very long time ago, uh, probably when we first put the door in, but we didn't. So that's another job that's um, on the list. The guttering arrived yesterday um, from the supplier. Now, John tells me that's £99 a length. I didn't even dare look. And that's not even with the, the bits and pieces to put the guttering up. So, uh, I don't know. I think there's about four lengths there. Um, I didn't look. but So, it's going to cost us around about £600 just to put the guttering up. <laughs> it's shocking. And John says the price of materials is shocking at the minute. Absolutely shocking. Um, yeah, so, uh, trying to think of other things. Just basically, just um, draft-proofing. Um, any small areas that we think, um, you know, get a little bit cold or any cold areas. I also bought a rug for the spare room floor. Um, that floor needs to come up uh, because it's, um, we had a leak under that. When, when, between the office and the spare room, there was a leak on the floor. Well, John took all the floor up in the office and insulated that and put that a new floor in, but the spare room hasn't been done yet. It's a job we were going to get round to. I said to John, I can't see us getting round to it before winter because it's quite a big job. Um, so uh, I, I've bought a rug, you know, that not a very big one, but I thought, well, every little bit helps. So I sort of put a rug in there because we've just got like... Um, click floor really on there at the minute so uh yeah that's uh that is another job that's in the pipeline but it's quite a big job to um take all the floor up and uh insulate that and re-put it all down because it you know just just you have to get everything out it's basically everything has to come out of the room into the living room so you're living in the living room with all the stuff from the spare room <laughs> you know what i mean so it's um it's quite a job 
Um, so in the meantime, I'll just patch it and see. Hopefully it'll be fine. Uh, yeah, so there are all the things. Um, I, look, I looked up, so October the 1st is when the um, energy price cap goes up. Um, I don't know what our new uh, Prime Minister is going to do, but um, I can't see it being a massive amount towards uh, helping, you know, m millions of people out. I can't see. But um, so basically, I'm going to try and do a lot of batch baking and cooking before the 1st of October. The one thing that's still eluding me is how I'm going to dry my washing when it's, you know, if we have constant days of wet and cold. Um, I did think, somebody, I know, puts it in the greenhouse, but our tortoises in the, are in there, so I don't want it to be damp. The other thing is I could put the tortoises elsewhere, um, and I might have to think that while they're hibernating, I could put them elsewhere. Uh, yeah, so they're all the things that uh, are running through my mind on a daily basis. Um, yeah, I don't know. I get out there and hopefully the sun will dry it off. Um, it's sunny, so it'll dry it off quite nicely and I'll get out and do a few things. I got. To, I need to do a bit of social media stuff for my flowers, dried flowers. I have to constantly keep it in everybody's uh, mind that I've got flowers here and I want to start... Um, doing something with the dried flowers that I've got so I do uh, you know either selling them straight as they are or selling them in dried flower bouquets um not quite sure yet when I get a minute I will uh, play with them and see see what I can do but yeah that's the plan for today um lots of various things and uh, I'll catch up with you later and tell you how I got on it's 20 past 10 on Wednesday evening um I've had a busy day doing various things um i can't even think what actually <laughs> oh lots of cutting back in the polytunnels and um cut flowers and just tidying up basically outside before i came in doors at lunchtime and then absolutely hammered down again and it's pretty much rained on and off all afternoon um i did up the flowers john went and delivered those and i started uh, making, having a go at something I want to make for Halloween flowers with the dried flowers. Um, so I had a little go at that. And then I realized that uh, I had flower club this evening. So um, John dropped me off at flower club. He went to um, drop some stuff off around at Shelley's and tomatoes and things. And um, when he drove back, uh, he was coming up our lane. Um, I say our lane, the lane, the, anyway, the, the lane. The, and um, he saw a big cat. <laughs> and he's like, oh, my God, you never see, guess what I saw. I saw a big cat. And um, the funny thing is, is there have been loads of sightings lately. Over the last month, um, there have been lots of sightings. Um, and uh, somebody we know just moved into a new place in a village, um, the other side of the A40, they saw one in their paddock. Uh, and then somebody else had put it on Facebook. Um, they'd seen it. So he's like, uh, and the thing is, John, we drive up and down the, the lane regularly. It was at dusk. Uh, so we're used to deer running out, foxes, badges, all that sort of thing. Um, he said, no, it definitely wasn't any of those. It definitely, he said, two leaps across the road and it was gone. It was, he said it was as big as an Alsatian, black, long body, definitely a big cat. So I'm like, oh, my goodness. It's a bit scary. <laughs> when you live out in the middle of nowhere, it's pitch black. You don't want to go outside now. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh. Good morning. It's uh oh, it's Thursday morning. I need to release this. <laughs> I thought oh, I'm way behind myself. Um <clears throat> yes, because there's had so much going on. Uh so it's Thursday morning, I'll be releasing this very shortly. <laughs> um I just thought I'd let you know where I'm at this morning and a little bit more about last night. Um so I did a little bit of research and there's been quite um, a spike in sightings of big cats uh, around the country. And from what I can gather, it's because of the drought. A, because, um, everything you know, 
if you can see because everything's died back uh, and b because obviously they're searching more in more wider areas for water i guess um so yeah it's uh we i mean there's been sightings of a big black cat around in this immediate area for years i mean i i remember 40 years ago it would almost be we were driving back from um, a night out and we turned up the lane. So this is a lane on the opposite side of the village to where we, where we live now. We didn't live there, there here then. Uh, so we turned off the A40 um, and the back end of... I said to John, what is that? And it was the back end of what looked like a big cat because it's, the tail is very distinctive. It's it's big. It's not a deer. It's not, you know, it's big um, and the tail is incredibly distinctive. So you can't um, mistake it. So I'm quite convinced that's what we saw that night disappearing over a wall. Um, there have been various sightings over the years. Uh, there, ha- there is even a sketchy photograph, um, actually more than one. Um, that one was probably about 15, 20 years ago. Um, and then last year, I think, or the year before, uh, there was a, a sort of a very blurred picture of one. Um, and these are all sort of within um, a two to three mile radius of us. So, uh, you know, it's not far at all. Um, and then obviously these other sightings have been made um, a little bit further out, about five miles. But, you know, as the crow flies five miles away um, around the A40 area, around Minster Lovell, Astor, Whitney sort of way. So not far at all. So it's not really any surprise that, um, you know, eventually you're going to see something if it's out there. So uh, if you're a doubter, um, you're not going to believe it. But if you if you are a believer that they are out there um you know john's not given to fancy fanciful thoughts or anything like that you know you you when you drive around these lanes you know um for years on end you know uh what what looks normal and what definitely does not <laughs> so anyway so they uh, did a quick bit of research i'm not even sure i don't know if you're supposed to report it or what you do I have no idea but um definitely it's not something you put on social media because you know you've got the naysayers um on there so uh, that's not going to go on there anytime soon um so what I've been up this morning right I'm feeling quite accomplished this morning so it's half past nine as I said and um I've already got the dinner on now I've got my second slow cooker and I'm actually thinking I'm so glad I did that so in one slow cooker, I've got um, mince and potatoes, peas, um, runner beans uh, and half a can of baked beans that John had for his dinner last night. That's gone in there as well. Onions, garlic um, and some stock uh, and some corn flour. That's John's. Um, these are three and a half litre uh, slow cookers. So what I'm looking at in there, I'm looking at it thinking that will probably do him six, five to six meals, potentially, depending on how hungry he is. Five to six meals in there. Now, I just use one pack of mince for both lots of crock pot, for both lots of um, slow cookers. I will call it a crock pot, but a slow cooker. Um, so I divided it in half. I, I, I fried, fried off the onions and then I... Um, sort of fried off gently fried off the uh mince because it's um mince that we get locally and so i i tend to sort of uh take the fat off of it if you like drain it off um and in my my i'm going to call it my slow cooker i have got spaghetti bolognese so i've used my the other half pack of mince um onions i've got um the sauce, some of the tomato sauce that I made yesterday. I've got a tin of uh, mixed, um, you know, you get this, the mixed salad beans in there. Uh, I've got mushrooms in there. I've got um, peppers in there that I'd frozen from last year. I also made some, um, so I put a load, chopped up a load of uh, cherry tomatoes yesterday because we had chicken yesterday. Chopped those up and um, while the chicken was cooking in the oven, I put those in some olive oil and just roasted those. And I had half of those with my chicken and rice yesterday. And the other, the rest of it has gone in to the bolognese. 
I've also got in there some spinach and I've got some spinach in John's as well because you can never have enough iron, can you? So um, I do buy uh, the frozen lumps of spinach because um, the spinach just wilts so very quickly. So um, I, don't, I don't regularly buy it. I just happen to have it in there. So I've been using it up slowly um, for a while now. Uh, so, I, you know, every time I make something like that, I think, oh, I put some spinach in there if I remember. But yeah, so I'm, I'm glad I'm I'm sort of using up stuff that um, in the freezer that I've frozen from last year, like the peppers and like some mushrooms. Mushrooms freeze well enough for things like that. And um, but when I go to get make my dinner, I think oh, I can't be bothered to get it out just for me. But I've now you know got this crock pot um, full of uh, spaghetti bolognese or bolognese and um i think probably that'll do me about four meals so in one day uh i'm gonna cook at least a four days um worth of meals for both of us and probably an extra two for john out of that so uh, i've got potatoes in in that one as well i don't know if i said that but yeah so I, you know in one day i can cook <clears throat> at least four days worth of meals in, in in there and then obviously what i will do is freeze them all in batches and then all i have to do is uh, well john's won't have to do anything just defrost his and um heat reheat that and then i'll just cook pasta or you know spaghetti with mine uh so <clears throat> i think that's a uh, yeah i'm really chuffed i'm really chuffed i got that so um because john and i eat so differently i'm thinking yeah this is really why didn't i do this a long time ago because next time when i'm doing chicken i can do him chicken casserole type thing or chicken stew in one and i can be doing chicken korma in mine mine <laughs> i've already claimed it look in in the other one um brilliant i think this is definitely i don't know why i didn't do this before considering we eat so differently um so i can do curries in in one and and stew in the other plus it means that frees me up now for the rest of the day so i can just i've done the dinner the dinner's on the dinner will be ready later i can just get on with my day and bimble about doing um other things which is what i'm gonna do not quite sure yet i haven't planned anything yet but um Oh, so yeah, gabbling on. Right, so yeah, I've got to um, publish this. So <laughs> thanks for listening this week. Um, it's probably a little bit of a short one because obviously it was a few days out with the wedding and stuff like that. But um, thank you for listening and uh, I will catch up with you again next week.